Welcome to podcast number 10 of Practical Wisdom from ACP Financial Advisors, a monthly program about creating and operating a successful financial planning practice. We're a presentation of the Alliance of Comprehensive Planners, known as ACP, a community of tax-focused financial advisors operating under a unique retainer-based fiduciary business model. I'm your host, Ken Robinson. On our show today, Greater Together, dual membership in AICPA and ACP. This episode is the second in our series, Greater Together, highlighting the experiences of ACP members who enthusiastically maintain other professional affiliations as well as their membership in ACP. We've already discussed the XY Planning Network, and in a future episode, we'll talk about the Kinder Institute of Life Planning. Today, our subject is the American Institute of CPAs, whose website describes the organization as the world leader in driving vitality, relevance, and quality across the accounting profession. Our guest is Chris Wenzine, CFP, CPA PFS, MBA, founder of Natural Bridges Financial Advisors, a fee-only fiduciary financial planning firm with offices in Santa Cruz, California. Chris is a longtime member of AICPA and their personal financial planning section and will become president of ACP's board of directors on January 1, 2020. Chris, so good to have you with us. Ken, it's great to be here. So Chris, you've been a member of both AICPA and ACP for years. Tell us how you came to join each of these organizations. I, I've been an AICPA member, uh, boy, long before I got into financial planning, since 1995. I've actually been an, a PFP member for a little bit over two years. I uh, initially was in private industry, and during that time, I became very interested in helping people with investments and, and taxes, and uh, started out just helping family and friends on the side. Um, at the time in the late 90s, the entry into the industry, I had no desire to do it because it, it was all about joining a large company and, and selling product and, and really, uh, in my view, hitting up your family and friends uh, for business. And so I was lucky enough in the early 2000s to, to make the career change joined a boutique firm, investment advisory firm, and really uh, fell in love with the business. So I wanted to be in my community and start my own practice. And I started researching a number of different business models and really fell in love with the retainer model and uh, really felt that as a CPA, that model made a lot of sense to me. The problem I was running into, though, is I'd never been an entrepreneur. I'd always been a W-2 employee uh, my whole life. And I had no idea how to start a practice. Um, and there were just a million different questions that came up. You know, how do I offer comprehensive financial planning? How do I get the training? How do I charge for fees? How do I get a client? And, uh, you know, setting up my office, all the compliance, all the questions that come up on, you know, should I manage assets or not? And so um, in that process, I learned about ACP and how they really help advisors get off the ground and start their fee-only fiduciary retainer model practice. I went to the conference in 2007, and it was love at first sight. 
uh, within the next year, I became a member and, and started my practice uh, from scratch. And now you have uh, a team working for you, uh, a thriving practice. It sounds like this is where you feel you belong now. Absolutely. And I say this to new advisors all the time. I wish I'd done it 10 years prior to when I did it. You mentioned the PFP section. That's the personal financial planning section of AICPA. So with everything that that section provides to public accountants, why would a CPA also want to be a member of ACP? There's a number of reasons. And as I mentioned, I've been a PFP member for a couple of years, and, and it's, it's a tremendous organization. Just a lot of, of benefits of being a PFP and being in the PFP section. Why a CPA would also want to be a member of, of ACP, there's, there's quite a few reasons. I, I think first and foremost, it's our community within ACP. I talk to prospective members and, and advisors all the time about our community. It's, it's almost impossible to, to describe. ACP has 200 members who practice financial planning under the ACP methodology. So all, all of our practices uh, within ACP are operating under a fiduciary standard, are fee only, and I, and I really believe that that type of practice resonates with CPAs. We are tax focused and somewhat unique in the industry in that all of our, or the good percentage of our advisors also prepare tax returns. Last time I looked, it was about two thirds of our members who actually did tax preparation, but everybody's doing tax planning. It's not essential to do tax prep to be an ACP member, but if somebody sees the value of tax planning for their clients, we could well be a, a good fit for them. Absolutely. Probably close to 100% of our advisors that do tax planning and uh, tax planning uh, done very seriously as well, not just simply uh, you know, shooting out a quick projection, you know, our, our advisors do multi-year tax plans, which uh, I know resonates with the CPA uh, planners as well. And, uh, you know, we look at, at tax planning, many of us, uh, you know, right after tax season and also at the end of the year and sometimes in between based on uh, the client situation. I know in talking with CPAs over the years, I've heard a lot of them sort of lament how difficult it is to get their clients to come in and do any tax planning. Perhaps their clients are viewing taxes as the once a year document preparation responsibility. And uh, I think about our practices and how we won't let a client out of our office until we've done a tax projection for them, not just for this year, but as you say, to help them see, so what are the decisions you should be making in 2019 that are going to affect your tax liability in 2020 and 21 and 22 and so on. That's, I think, where we add a lot of the tax alpha for clients. Absolutely. And I, and I think uh, on the tax compliance side, I think that's a dreadful event for people every year because they, they really, in most cases, if they haven't had any tax planning, they really have no idea what's going to happen when that tax return is completed. But once they see the benefit of tax planning, on, uh, you know, not only are they going to know what their uh, situation is going to be the following year, but they can see the opportunities uh, for savings doing a multi-year tax plan, then they start to enjoy the process. And uh, actually, I, I don't think mine taxes from the compliance uh, perspective in uh, March and April either. 
Yeah, I have yet to hear a client object when we explain how we can save them tax liability, whether it's over one year or several years. It brings to mind ACP's Tax Alpha white paper by Robert Walsh and John Heller. And I can see how their point that we really need to look at this more than as just a once a year compliance process, uh, how that would resonate really well with, with CPAs. ACP, as you've pointed out, we've got around 200 members, uh, while AICPA, which is a sponsor of ACP's annual conference, they have more than 400,000 members. Aside from just the size, what are some of the differences that you see, Chris, as a member of each of these two organizations? As you mentioned, the, the AICPA is huge, 400,000 members. And, and as we talked earlier, the PFP section has several thousand members. Despite the differences in size, I, I think the organizations are alike in many ways. Within that large group of the PFT section, there is a subset of those members who either are fiduciary or want to be fiduciary fee-only financial planners and practice under a retainer model. Many of these advisors are tax-focused and prepare tax returns. They're doing multi-year tax plans for their clients as well. Also, I've met many CPA PFS advisors over the past few years who much like ACP advisors have a really strong dedication to their profession and doing what's right for the client. Also a strong uh, desire to contribute to their profession and you know the need, much like in ACP, uh, we always have to continuously improve our practices and grow as professionals. There's also the, this willingness to give back and, and share information with your colleagues. I, I've really found that within the PFP division and I think in many cases share a lot more similarities to ACP than there are differences. So it really is much less about comparing AICPA as a whole with ACP. Really the comparison is between the personal financial planning section of AICPA and ACP. That's correct because the AICPA is going to have a whole range of different professionals. The PFP section is a small subset of that. So the, the members in, outside of the PFP section um, are going to be not doing, in most cases, uh, personal financial planning. So there's some very specific benefits that members of the PFP section can get. ACP members have an opportunity to join the PFP section uh, as an affiliate if they're not uh, certified public accountants. Tell us about the value that you get in your practice, Chris, out of being a member of the personal financial planning section of AICPA. The savings I got from being a, a member of AICPA and the, uh, the PFP section, as well as my ACP membership, it, it basically paid for itself just going to the AICPA Engage conference in June, which is considered by many the top technical conference for advisors in the industry. It is an amazing conference. It's enormous. Every hour you have to choose between two or three fantastic presentations. And not only that, you can go over into, they've got an estate planning that has estate planning attorneys, um, you know, CEs for that, as well as just pure kind of advanced tax topics 
um, along with with financial planning. So you can drift into these other conferences that have these other professionals. So uh, there's that. And then the, they also have a smaller conference that is the um, Advanced Personal Financial Planning Summit that they have in January that I, I feel is excellent too. And that tends to be really uh, honed in on practice management and it's a much more intimate setting. I, I would say, you know, approximately a hundred advisors are at that. It's kind of about the size of an ACP conference and, and that's an excellent conference too. So by going to those two conferences, every, um, you know, and I've, I've, I've gone to engage the last three years, but by going to those conferences and if you just go to one, you actually pay for the membership or, or more. As I started diving into the, um, you know, the benefits of, of what you get as a member, they have a relationship with a company called Broadridge Advisor. And it's a whole section within the PFP section where it's a client education and communication tool. And it's got thousands of client ready resources. So just in this last week, I needed to get things out of there immediately to share with clients. One, I had a, a, a net unrealized appreciation uh, opportunity in a 401k plan. I was able to go in there, get a, a really good article on it, and educate the client on it in less than a minute. Also, I, I had clients that were interested in the qualified charitable distributions and uh, setting up a donor-advised fund. And I was able to go into the site and, and get articles, and, and we have our firm printed on it, and, and give that to the client. These are white labeled things that you're able to uh, put your own firm information on to turn them into your collateral. Exactly. And, and they also have uh, client presentations. They've got videos and they've got thousands of, of different uh, pieces, as well as multiple calculators uh, that you can use for all kinds of different situations. And you know, I'll, I'll go into Broadridge Advisor quite a bit to do research uh, and you know, get education materials for clients. And so that's a, that's a really big benefit for me. They also have a suite of technical and practice guides. So a few of them that I use, there's a really thick reference manual on financial and estate planning. There's one on retirement planning, retirement health care, elder care. So I use those as resources in my practice. They also have um, a learning library um, that has, you know, podcast videos that, are, you know, are, are kind of 15 minutes to a half hour that are really informative. And one of the ones that I never miss is, uh, and I know he's a, a lot of ACP people are big fans of Bob Keebler. He has uh, quite a few podcasts on both estate planning and tax planning. And, uh, you know, his are always really interesting. There's also Bob Beery's uh, inside information newsletter that comes with it as well. They have technical toolkits that are guidance on topics like tax reform and, and technology, things like that. So kind of all those things put together. And lastly, there's there's benefits that you can get as an AICPA member, whether it's E&O insurance or other discounts. So those are the reasons that I, I find that it's really valuable for me um, to be a member. And these are all things that ACP members could benefit from with that affiliate membership to the personal financial planning section of AICPA and the discounted first year membership to that. That's correct. To me, it's really a, a great deal. You can join as a non-CPA associate. And so being a CFP, you can join. The fees are actually less uh, as a CFP. You become an AICPA member. Uh, that's the first part. 
And then the second part is you join the PFP section. And then what um, the PFP division has done for us within ACP is we can join the PFP section for the first year for $99. And as I mentioned, if you just go to a conference, it's going to you know more than pay for that membership. Now, if you are a CPA currently and you own your firm, you're, you're a partner in your firm, that first year fee is actually higher, but you still get that $99 first year membership in the PFP uh, section. Still, as a CPA, AICPA offers even more value than it would to its affiliate members, I imagine. That, that's correct. So you mentioned the PFS, the Personal Financial Specialist Credential, which is available only to CPAs who meet certain criteria. While we're talking about AICPA, tell us why a financial planner who happens to be a CPA might want to pursue the PFS credential. For a CPA, getting the training and obtaining the PFS credential is critical if you want to practice personal financial planning. I view the PFS as a similar designation to the CFP with perhaps more technical vigor in the tax area, just tremendous knowledge in the tax area. You know, the designation, once a CPA does have that PFS designation, it gives them much more credibility with consumers and colleagues as having gone through rigorous training and testing in the area of of personal financial planning. You know, as a CPA myself, I I chose the CFP route initially, you know, mostly because I was unfamiliar with the PFS designation. I later learned of of the designation after obtaining my CFP. And I I think a lot of CPAs who've done that, it's very easy once you've been in practice uh, for a few years and have, you know, we all have to do a lot of continuing education. It's very Mm -hmm. easy then to get your PFS designation. You just need to contact them, fill out the paperwork and, and, you know, since you have the CFP and the work experience uh, and are doing the continuing education, it's very easy to get. There is no way that I could practice personal financial planning without the PFS or the CFP designation. You know, if I didn't have it, if I just had my CPA, I, I just simply did not have the background or experience, uh, you know, to deal in the many different hats that you have to wear working with clients in, in financial planning. Yeah, and my my impression is that, you know, I'm not a CPA myself, so I don't have the uh, opportunity to get the PFS designation. But my impression is that once you've gone through the rigor of achieving the Certified Financial Planner designation, the additional steps to become a PFS are relatively small by comparison, assuming you started out as a CPA. And with the financial planning industry coalescing around the CFP designation, I can really see the value of someone in your situation having both credentials. The PFS designation, hopefully it grows in popularity. I think the CFP board's done a really good job promoting the CFP over the years. And what I find in my practice is that people have heard of the CFP uh, designation now, which 10 years ago, I think, didn't happen nearly as much. Um, but they're more looking at my CPA designation than the, than the PFS designation. So it sounds to me like for a member of ACP, with all the benefits that the personal financial planning 
section of AICPA provides. The question isn't whether or not they'll get the value out of it. It's which value will they choose to get out of a pretty broad array of resources that are available either at conferences or online. What about in the other direction? What would you tell your fellow CPAs that they would get out of being an ACP member you know, when you consider all the value that they would get out of the PFP section of AICPA, why should they be giving thought to becoming ACP members as well? Where's the benefit there for the uh, CPA practitioner who is also doing personal financial planning? Well, we talked a little bit about the the ACP community, which for me is there's nothing in the industry that comes close to the ACP community operating under the retainer model. I, I think that's it's a great model for C, CPAs who've been you know, practicing like that for many years. I think additional benefits of ACP are, we've been teaching advisors how to operate under the retainer model for 25 years. And, and when I tell people that, they, they can't believe it. And this training uh, continues today with in-depth training when somebody is starting a practice and they're getting, you know, mentored at the same time by ACP, experienced ACP advisors. It's a huge benefit. And I think within ACP, over the last five years or so, we have made enormous strides within our organization of the development and growth of established practices, you know, throughout what we call the practice life cycle. We have some incredibly successful ACP firms that are maybe, you know, solo practitioners or they decided to grow into multi-advisor, multi-state practices. All over the country, we have enormously successful firms that are absolutely willing to share all of their secret sauce with ACP members. The willingness of the brain trust of every member within ACP to share information and share you know, all the things that worked and didn't work in their practices I think the organization has done a really good job with not only forming committees within ACP of all volunteer advisors uh, to spread the, the brain trust within the organization, but we've, we've also done a really good job of really looking at our members and looking at the different stages of the practice lifestyle cycle they're in and um, implementing these things are, are really increasing the training and education of, of experienced advisors so that they can take that next step in their practice. Within ACP, you're gonna have 200 close colleagues that really get it on, on what it means to be a fiduciary and what it means to run a, a fee-only practice under the retainer model. I think that's really it. I think that's absolutely central to the value of ACP. If each one of us started out asking, so how do I build and operate a financial planning practice, not just any financial planning practice, but one that really puts the client's interest before anything else? If we want to really put the client first, how would we do that? And what would we do? And what would our meetings look like? And what would our deliverables look like? And I learned all of that from ACP and you know dozens and dozens and dozens of other people have too. Hundreds have been trained over the years. And uh, that's what I mean when I talk about the values that we share. One of the most persuasive things that seems to 
get people to say, yeah, this is the right organization for me is when they're hanging out with other ACP members, because it feels like this is the professional family I've been looking for my entire life. I'll never forget at my first ACP conference in the year 2000, people asked how I liked it. And I said, I feel like I'm at a family reunion with people I've never met. Well, Chris, thanks so much for joining us today. We appreciate so much your being on our podcast. Well, my pleasure, Ken. It's been great to talk with you. And best of luck to you as you embark on your year as the president of ACP's Board of Directors. Well, well, thank you. We have a fantastic board. Thank you, Ken. You've been listening to Chris Wenzine, CFP, CPA, PFS, MBA, founder of Natural Bridges Financial Advisors, a fee-only fiduciary financial planning firm with offices in Santa Cruz, California. There's a link to Chris's website in our show notes. This is podcast number 10 of Practical Wisdom from ACP Financial Advisors from the Alliance of Comprehensive Planners. ACP is a community of tax-focused financial advisors operating under a unique fee-only retainer model. For more than 20 years, ACP has trained advisors in the practices and tools of a comprehensive process rooted in the uncompromising values of fiduciary, fee-only planning. Our members are pioneers and innovators who together have perfected a unique retainer-based, tax-focused, comprehensive approach, providing a distinct alternative in the financial planning marketplace. ACP offers a lower-cost associate membership for those who want to learn and apply ACP's methodology prior to becoming certified members. For more information, call 910-769-1569 or visit acplanners.org.